0: File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. This week I'm joined by Matt Skirton, the National Director of Operation Mobilisation, also known as OM. Matt, with his wife Helen, served for 20 years pioneering OM's work in Moldova in Eastern Europe before becoming National Director in 2015. He tells his story of becoming a missionary in his book, a Missionary Me. So Matt, welcome to the Leadership Forum. Hi Andy,
1: it's great to, great to be able to join you.
0: So as I, as I mentioned, you wrote about your journey uh, to serving as a missionary in, in your book. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, Missionary Me is kind of how I said it. Um, <laughs> can you give a, a, a potted version of your journey to begin with?
1: Yeah, no, you, you said it correctly because it it's a question. You yes. know, I grew up asking could could I possibly be a missionary? Does God call ordinary people um, to serve him on the mission field and i didn 't think so until he called me and um, no. I live with that, uh, uh, that, that that surprise that God can use an ordinary person so you know I grew up in a Christian home uh, on the south coast of England and uh, I I would probably say that the faith that I had was was my parents' faith. I went along to church because that's what our family did. And it wasn't until I went off to university uh, in London, uh, I met a girl, was very attracted to this girl. And the problem was she was talking about being a missionary when she graduated and serving the Lord and all this sort of stuff. And and for me, that was so foreign. That wasn't the plan that, that I had for my life. But the problem was I was really attracted to her. And um, so I made a bit of a mistake, which was to sign up for a short-term mission trip because I thought this would impress her no. and she'd, want, she'd <laughs> want to be my, be my girlfriend. Right. Um, so it was the early 90s. I, I joined a, a mission agency I'd never heard of called OM, Operation Mobilization. Signed up for two weeks to go on a short-term mission trip. And um, my life, my life has not been the same since. Wow. Well, wow. so where did you go? Well, I went. Um, I went to Estonia. I thought it sounded pretty impressive. sounded a bit like Narnia, and I thought I'll go <laughs> somewhere I've, I've never been before. And um, of course, the Soviet Union had fairly recently broken apart, and and all these new republics were were appearing on the map. Um, so I went there, and you know, I, I, I went. With a, with a desire to, to serve the Lord, whatever that meant. Um, but I, I met people who hadn't ever heard of Jesus, ha- hadn't heard the good news of the gospel and realized that people needed to hear about the Lord and realized and learned that God could use ordinary people um, to bring that good news.
0: Well. Wow. So, uh, obviously, the Lord uses all sorts of motives, so it's wonderful to hear your honesty about it. <laughs> about <likewise. laughs> yes. But obviously, there, there, would, there would have come a point where you sensed, hang on, you know, this is not just about uh, the girl, which, of course, is, is your wife, Helen, but, um, yeah. but, but, but actually there's something warming in my heart about what I'm doing?
1: Well, ab- absolutely. And, you know, it was, a, it was a period of time over a period of months as I was growing in my relationship with the Lord, Understanding what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and and came to a point where, okay, I want to commit myself to follow Jesus, but also, what am I going to do with my life? And going on that mission trip, uh, meeting people who hadn't heard of the Lord, and being confronted with that question, well, if it is true, if Jesus is the only way, and people haven't heard, what hope is there apart from Jesus? And um, and so then just over a period of time and, uh, you know, I went the following summer on another short term trip and, uh, and then graduated from college. And it was at that point that I realized this is what I want to do with my life. I, I, I don't just want to live a regular life. I, I want to live my life to make a difference, to, to seek to bring the good news to people
0: are, are you aware that helen was praying that this would happen at this point or, <laughs> or was she actually trying to
1: <laughs> yeah it was all <clears throat> all very complex and confusing at the time <laughs> but um, we look back and, and of course laugh and and realize that uh, the lord used her and and her maturity in the christian faith um, to to challenge me in my faith as well right.
0: so at some point you you signed up with om itself um, in order to go go somewhere
1: Yes so you know i, I having done these short term trips we we um, i was one year ahead of helen so i joined the team in austria and from austria they they were ministering into eastern europe and i was given the responsibility as a very young man 21 years old out of college to to distribute christian literature in romania oh, well. so i was travelling around meeting um, book distributors translators typesetters and and driving vans of Bibles and literature into, into Romania. And it was at that time, in, in the very early years, in 93, 94, that I first heard of the country of Moldova, heard that OM didn't have any ministry um, there, and just started to get a sense, maybe God's calling me and you know, my wife, we were to be married within a year or so, um, to go and serve there and, and pioneer OM's work and that's what happened and we 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 got married we went there in 95 and we thought we'd be there for a couple of years and uh or 20 years later we'd seen god do quite extraordinary things in our lives but also through uh, through om's ministry there right
0: right so so the kind of motivation for for becoming a leader essentially was was the evangelism with the sharing of the the faith um you know and that, that necessitated therefore doing some leadership because in order to facilitate what you wanted to do
1: well well that's right i mean we went there and we weren't thinking oh we're going to start to lead a, a large ministry we mm-hmm. went there with a sense that god was calling us to preach the gospel to partner with local churches and we were involved in church planting ministries um early on in rural communities but it was just me and helen but the problem was as the problem, it was a blessing. As people started to join the team, the more we communicated about what the Lord was doing through us, more people joined us. As the team grew, well, I had to start to learn to be a leader and um, not, it wasn't just about me and Helen but, and and the church we were planting, but groups of young people and and not so young who were joining us, um, signing up to to be a part of of, of OM in, in Moldova. And so, over the years, as the ministry grew, so my leadership responsibilities grew.
0: Right. And, and were there things that helped you? Were the people that helped you at that point to learn from, or did you kind of just pick it up and and base uh, things on your own personality and instinct?
1: Well, I, I, I think I think I'd, I'd have to say, certainly within OM, there's a great structure of you know ma- mature, experienced missionaries who who mentor and coach. Um, young leaders, and, and that's something that I hugely benefited from, the mentoring relationships that I had um, with, with all older, more experienced um, Christian leaders. So I, I think of three or four who would come in regularly into Moldova, visit me and Helen, and just be available um, to listen, to advise. I, I, was, I was challenged early on what it means to, to be mentored, because, you know, naturally, sometimes we we can, we can feel we know it all. Um, and these people would be coming in and, and challenging me and my methods and my way of leading and, and, and what I thought was right. And I was always tempted to say, but, but you don't understand. You're not living here. But I had to humble myself. I, I, there had to be that, that vulnerability uh, to listen and to take advice. And that's something that I've constantly been challenged with in my leadership role whatever that leadership role has been um, surrounding myself not just with people who will agree with me <laughs> and say nice things to me and tell me I'm doing a good job but actually to and it's not it's not a lesson I've learned completely but but I continually challenge to, to, to humble myself really I suppose to be vulnerable to listen and to uh, accept the advice of people who who have different perspectives, and, and I think probably know better than me.
0: Right, right. So you spent twenty years in Moldova. Were, were they were you doing the much the kind same kind of things, or did you did things develop differently?
1: Well, I mean, the the work developed uh, really incredibly. We we saw um, as we were involved at the beginning in that first those first couple of years in direct church planting ministry. And it was under the authority of, of local church leaders and, and the evangelical unions at the time. Um, but as we saw people join us, within a couple of years, we were faced with the challenge, well, what is God actually calling us to do? You know, we, a large part of us wanted to stay hands-on involved in, in the community where we were, um, a little town of Nisperen, and we were planting church in the villages around as well. Um, and yet we sensed that God was calling us to take a step back and begin a more national ministry. And we realized that we could perhaps be more effective rather than just us being involved hands-on in ministry, but helping helping disciple and encourage others. And so we, we moved to the capital city after a few years and we began a, a, a national missions training program for young people. And I look back now and see really one of the successes of OM's ministry in Moldova was establishing that ministry we've now had about 600 young people moldovan young people go through this three-month training program called challenge into missions and those those young people the, the majority will have graduated gone back to serve in their churches and local communities but also many started to join the om team and uh, would serve with us in in moldova um help reaching out into a number of different communities and you know the work grew to now there's a couple of hundred churches who are serving and in partnership with OM on a regular basis. We're helping them reach into their communities. We saw relief and development ministries uh, springing up. We uh, business um, projects where we've had more than, a, more than a thousand Moldovans be trained in starting a business, and 700 uh, families have been helped with, with loans in starting businesses. So the, the, the work just. Exploded really over, over the years, and um, by the time we left, you know, 20 years later, there were more than 100 people working full time in, in the team which is OM Moldova.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's, it sounds like a fantastic, fantastic legacy. Um, Matt, we're going to go to a break now. Um, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Matt Skirton. Matt is the National Director of Operation Mobilization, also known as uh, OM. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File. I'm joined this week by Matt Skirton, the National Director of OM, Operation Mobilisation. Um, he's been National Director since 2015. We were talking before the break of his uh, time with his wife Helen uh, in Moldova for some 20 years and how the uh, the movement uh, and the gospel was expanding and, and various uh, activities flew um, uh, flowed out of that, and particularly uh, business um development and training of uh, of leaders etc um so looking back matt i mean you're, you know that 20 years what did you learn about leadership you mentioned already the value of mentors any any other things yeah. that you picked up
1: well i mean there's there's obviously a huge amount what a what a steep learning curve it sure. was for me um i think one of the things i, I can remember early on as as um A couple of the the fellows would come in and and be advising and mentoring me as a leader. And I I remember sharing my real frustration. You know, I'd look at other ministry fields, OM teams around the world, and they seem to be full of great, competent, experienced, mature leaders. (laughs) And here I was with a group of young people joining joining me and Helen who were making it up as we went along. And I remember being frustrated, saying, why, why, are, why don't we have more mature people joining us and helping in leadership positions? And, and it was almost a, well, it was, it was a real revelation for me when I kind of realized, well, maybe we are called to help develop leaders. Maybe we're called to invest in people. Maybe God's not going to just send us the finished article, <laughs> but we actually have a responsibility of, of developing and, and raising up <clears throat> leaders around us. And and that's something that early on in in our time in Moldova we started to see. So we started to see all these young people who were coming into our training programs. These were the leaders who who could take on from us, who could help develop the ministry. So I think a big thing that I learned was the calling that we had, and indeed still have, developing people around us. It's not just about us doing the work. Um, but truly encouraging others to, to take responsibilities and even take the work on beyond where we could. Yeah. And I know that sounds, well, it, it sounds so super spiritual, it sounds so perfect, but, but that, that is what I've, probably the main thing that I learned in, in those early years in Moldova, the importance of investing in other people, uh, taking risks, trusting others to, to, to step up, and the vast majority of the time we saw as we, we encouraged others to, to take leadership responsibilities, we saw that they didn't disappoint. And in fact, they did far better than we were doing. Um, you know, and it's that idea that there's no glass ceiling. There's no, oh, we can only be developed up to a certain level. Um, but then Matthew or others are, you know, have those senior positions. It's a case of encouraging others to, um, to be developed and and just helping people to realise that they can they can do extraordinary things if they're if they're entrusted with with leadership responsibility.
0: Yeah, I've spoken with with folk who've worked with uh, former Soviet Union uh, folk in, in countries, and with all due respect to them, they've not had a, a heritage of taking initiative and leadership. Um, did you find that in Moldova?
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the things we we were struck with, and we we grew up with uh, perhaps one of the advantages we had is because we weren't experienced leaders when we went to Moldova we, we were growing up in Moldova you know half our adult lives all our adult lives were, were spent there growing up in Moldova so I guess as I look back I see you know the Soviet um, the, 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 the former Soviet mentality of a more authoritarian I, I dare I even say dictatorial leadership um, mix that with the orthodox background of a country like Moldova you know R- Romania Ukraine would be similar and you 've got a certain expectation of leadership where the leader is the boss and is going to dictate what needs to happen and I guess we quite naively went in and this, this team was forming around us, and it was very natural for us to you know roll our sleeves up and 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 help with the washing up after a team meal it was It was very natural for us to help build walls and dig ditches and do all sorts of things that that we did and i 'd often have Moldovan friends say on the team with us say you know that 's different you <laughs> the the leader, the head senior pastor the bishop, whatever isn't supposed to be doing this right and it wasn't it was just something naturally we were doing but i'd like to think that that has that's part of our DNA. It's part of the DNA of OM serving in leadership. Yeah. And perhaps it's something that, that's spoken and has made quite, a, quite an impact in, in the OM ministry there in Moldova.
0: Yeah, yeah great. Um, I mean, you face a different kind of leadership challenge now. Uh, since 2015, you've been National Director of uh, Operation Mobilization in the UK. Um, so how have the last three years been?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's close to three years. Time's flying. It's two and two and a bit years that I've been in this role as as the UK director, um, and of course it has been a steep learning curve. You know, coming out of the ministry there in in Moldova, and you know we we did things in a certain way. We registered legal organisations, but there was a lot of grey areas <laughs> in Moldova and, and and in a developing country like that. And coming back to the UK, working and and serving as the director of a charitable organization, you know, I'm confronted with the realities of of charitable law and employment law, uh, risk assessments, safeguarding and gift aid, HMRC, all of these things which we hadn't been confronted with to to a large degree in in Moldova. So I've had to learn a great deal, Um, but in the midst of that, you know ensuring that we've got really competent capable capable people working with us who who take care of those things who who are the experts in in those areas and i guess my role now as the uk director is ensuring that we are fully compliant as a legal charitable organisation but not allowing ourselves to be bogged down just with those issues to to keep the bigger picture, the, the vision that that we believe the Lord has given us um, as OM in the UK and, and serving the global movement OM, uh, you know, which is to see vibrant communities of Jesus followers amongst the least reached. That's that's our passion. That's why we get up in the morning. And um, we have to work in certain ways in the UK. And I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning so much the ways that we need to work. Um, but we also need to keep our eyes on the bigger picture uh, of of what we believe God's called us to do another thing that I've I've seen coming from Moldova growing up if you like in eastern europe where we value and appreciate spontaneity and flexibility <laughs> and I've come, I've come into the UK and, and I see that Brits really like their processes and procedures yes, <laughs> and indeed. i'm i 'm having, having to learn to to work within the British way of thinking and doing things, mm. but at the same time, I think we can nudge and push a little bit of the uh, we can learn so much from the eastern European spontaneity a, a can do attitude indeed um, yeah. and i think some sometimes in the uk there 's a little bit of a or oh, we can 't do that it 's too complicated. I I think we need to Push, push the boundaries a little bit, and, and encourage people to dream. What can we accomplish by by, by God's grace?
0: Fabulous, fabulous, Matt. Well, we're, we're coming to an end, sadly, of time. But I do, I do like to ask guests if there've been books that have helped you along the way.
1: Yeah. Now, I knew this question was coming, and I was thinking, you know, there's there's <laughs> one book that always comes to my mind. Um, I, you know, I'm if I'm honest, I'm not the most prolific reader, in okay. it's a, it's That's a right. area of weakness. But there's one book, and it's Roy Hessian's Calvary Road. Oh right, yeah. Um, and it's it's a book that I think was written in the fifties. I, I, um, yeah, it goes back it, a bit. I know that absolutely. Mm. It it does, and I I often will turn back to this book. You know, the first chapter speaks about brokenness, <laughs> humility, and leadership, and, and I rarely get past the first chapter because I I get, I get stuck, and you know the the, the challenge for us um, as leaders to, to ensure that we are, you know, we're, we're caring for the people, valuing the people. We want to get the job done, but we're valuing people. Uh, but also that the, the spirit, the heart that we have as we're serving. Um, so I, I would hugely recommend, if people haven't read this classic old book, um, The Calvary Road by Ron Hessian. And uh, for me, it speaks about you know, when you get that email, someone's a little bit critical or they're angry or they're, it's, it's, what's my response to that? You know, my natural heart response is so often to fire off a quick email and to prove that I was right. And yet the book, as of course, scriptures challenges us to have the same attitude as Jesus and and to uh, take the very nature of a servant. And not to send that first email, not not to try and defend myself, um, but uh, to seek to serve in that way and, and lead in that way. So it's a hugely challenging book, and I, and I often refer back to it.
0: Wonderful, thank well, thank you, Matt. And of course, your your own book is is missionary, comma me question mark. So how do people get a copy
1: of that? Well, if, uh, it is available as an e-book uh, on the Kindle store, the Amazon store. But if anyone wants a wants a copy, they can they can write to us um, at uh, om.org, the UK office here, and um, we we're we very happily uh, send a copy out. So it's uh, yeah, it's my story of being surprised that that God can use and does call ordinary people. Um, to fulfill his purposes.
0: Fantastic. Well, uh, as I say, time's sadly gone, but it's been terrific to, to chat with you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Andy. It's been a pri- privilege to, uh, to
0: join you. Uh, so you've been listening to Leadership Fire with me, uh, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Matt Skirton. Uh, Skirton is S-K-I-R-T-O-N, and his book is uh, Missionary, comma Me? question mark. So do, uh, do get a copy of that. And uh, indeed... Um, you might want to find, track down that uh, that Ron Hessian book, uh, Calvary Road, as well. Um, do um, uh, also go to the archived versions of Leadership File via the either the um, online version at premier.org.uk uh, or indeed by going to iTunes. Uh, you can also get copies of my latest book, The Leadership Road Less Travelled, uh, by going to Premier's uh, store, and it'll be there uh, for you. That includes... Um, Insights from uh, guests over the over the course of some twelve years of the leadership fast. So um, I do. Um, uh, I, I obviously would recommend that book too. So I look forward to your uh, company again next Sunday at three thirty. Uh, thanks for tuning in.